You're tuned in to the Locked On Irish Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your go-to source here for Notre Dame news and analysis, everything you need to know about Notre Dame athletics. I am Joe DeLeon, former college football player and also current free agent, long snapper, joined with my wonderful friend, Ryan Roberts, current NFL draft and college football analyst. And folks, you might be wondering to yourself right now, who are the two new guys that are presenting themselves at the very beginning of this show? Where are the old hosts? Why are things now different for this Notre Dame podcast? Well, folks, we are going to be taking over here for this show going forward. You can count on us five days a week to be your new voices for Notre Dame news, analysis, anything that you need to know about Notre Dame athletics, Ryan and I will be your go-to source. So as I already said, I played college football at the Division I level, um, currently an NFL free agent, and Ryan, who I've previously already worked with with the NFL Prospects podcast, he is a uh, works for NFL Draft Bible as well as some other amazing sources. Both of us, though, providing you with an amazing background as fans of this Notre Dame program. Ryan, I don't know about you, but I am absolutely juiced up for doing this very first episode. It's a dream come true. How are you feeling right now, Ryan? Uh, absolutely, man. I, I, this has been for me personally a lifelong dream to cover Notre Dame football. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking back to the late early Tyrone Willingham days, late Bob Davies days in Notre Dame football and and my you know me and my dad just watching and him reminiscing about the greatness that was Notre Dame and uh it's not been around too much in our lifetime but it's been trending in the right direction and this has just been a lifelong dream of mine covering the, the best institution in the nation, Notre Dame athletics in general. It's going to be a ton of fun and I I can't be more pumped that you are my co-host on the show, not to be uh, too, you know, uh, comp- <laughs> complimentary starting off here. Yeah, no, it, we obviously previously currently work together doing the NFL Prospects podcast, which is a podcast where we interview draft prospects and also discuss the NFL draft. But this is a completely different experience as this is going to be a daily podcast covering uh, Notre Dame football. Today's episode I just want to hit on. We are going to be discussing the previous game against Georgia Tech and also Brian Kelly's comments uh, coming up against Clemson. But just to go back to talking about our backgrounds and why we are the, the guys that you want to be listening to, I'm also a big Notre Dame fan like you said you are, Ryan. I was actually baptized at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, My parents were married at the University of Notre Dame. My dad went to the University of Notre Dame. So you can tell that from a very early age, before I could even walk, I was going to campus, spending multiple weekends a year and also summers uh, at the University of Notre Dame. And that connection is just something that has carried me this forward. Even though I didn't attend uh, Notre Dame because I chose to play college football at the University of Rhode Island, I still have that deep, deep connection from all of the years that I spent um, rooting for the Fighting Irish. And, you know, I I didn't, I'm a little bit younger than Ryan is, so I I haven't been rooting for the team as long. I was indoctrinated basically when Charlie Weiss was the head coach. So I, I started off when they were doing well with Brady Quinn. And then as I started to become more and more aware of the program, I, I, I was, observing them completely fall apart and then Charlie Weiss immediately leaves. So I'm sure you could definitely remember those years, Ryan. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's, um, 
you know, I could even remember a little further back, the end of the Tyrone Willingham days, I remember vividly, because this wasn't, like, I had the I had the choice of what NFL team I was going to root for, most, you know, most teams in general across the sports world, but I did not have a chance, I did not have a choice for no, uh, anything other than Notre Dame. It's been something that's been ingrained in my blood. I remember those days you're talking about, the Bush push and uh, Brady Quinn, Maurice Stovall, Jeff Samarja when he was a great wide receiver, the, the former um, pitcher. I don't even know if he's still pitching, to be honest with you. But uh, those those days were something something special and kind of getting you know a little bit of turning the right direction early on in the Charlie Weiss era after uh, Tyrell Willihan days did not end the best. I remember Carlo, Carlisle Holiday, a quarterback, a lot of – Really weird moments there, and then it looked like things were going right in the Charlie Weiss era, and then uh, you know we suddenly hit you know some some down years to say the least. And Brian Kelly is at least at this point seemed like he's made them relevant enough to be a potential top ten team on a year to year basis, ten plus wins. So we're head, we're definitely trending in the right direction. But you're absolutely right. We baptism by fire for our fandom growing up because we did not grow up in what was the golden era of Notre Dame football. Right, that was more so when when our dads were fans of the team. My, my dad graduated in '86, uh, I believe, so he he was right there in the thick of it, the Lou Holtz era, rooting for the team and being a, a student there. Um, right when they were really at their peak, and the last time they won a national championship. And, and the other thing too with this podcast, this is not going to be just a Notre Dame football podcast. We are fans of the university. We're going to be talking about Notre Dame basketball, men's and women's. I've attended a number of basketball, women's basketball games. I've also attended hockey games, lacrosse games, baseball games, pretty much any sport that you can think of. I've witnessed a game live or at least watched live on TV. So we're going to make sure we cover all of that stuff during the year. There are really not many breaks that we're going to be taking. We're not going to stop as soon as the football season ends and maybe slow down when basketball starts. This is going to go all the way through. And if something big happens with any of the various programs, the soccer program, fencing program, we're going to bring that stuff up so that you as a Notre Dame fan are filled in on everything that you need to know so that maybe if you miss some of those headlines, you can still acknowledge and be a part of the moment and know exactly what's happening with the Fighting Irish. Uh, so the other thing too with this uh, with this show too, Ryan, that we're also going to make a big big push to make sure we bring on a ton of great guests. And the the big perspective here, even though we're fans, the idea is to provide an analytical viewpoint. As I said, I played college football at the University of Rhode Island. Ryan is a draft analyst, so he's very analytical when talking about uh, college football. So the goal here is to, to break things down in, a, in the perspective of a coach, a scout, uh, a, a former player, all of that stuff. We don't want to just be re- reacting like fans every week. You can come here and rely on us to provide that accurate analytical viewpoint for each game. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's not, it's not going to be just one perspective. We're going to try to give you as, as the full scope of what we're seeing on a week-to-week basis. That's going to be talking about some X's and O's. That's going to be talking about, you know, the positives, the negatives, grading some positions. And, of course, NFL draft is something that we all do. So we'll be able to keep you informed on stock up for some of these players. We're seeing guys, you know, just in the rookie year this this year with Chase Claypool making a big impact with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about some guys that are in the NFL representing the Notre Dame, representing the ND, the blue and gold on a week-to-week basis. So this doesn't just stop college football season, like Joe said, basketball. We're going to be talking about the impact of what this great institution has given us on a sports spectrum, not just football, not just basketball, 
every avenue of life, even talking, I'm sure, about some guys being successful outside of the sports industry, you know, moving forward. Because this isn't just a great, this isn't just a great sports institution. Notre Dame sets you up for the rest of your life. We see people take that degree, take what they're able to learn from Notre Dame using that that sports background and then turning it into whatever career that they choose to to manifest itself after they graduate. So it's not just the sports world, but we're definitely going to obviously keep that laser focus there. But Notre Dame makes great people, and we can't be more excited about bringing that to you all. So coming up, we're going to get into our very first topics of the Notre Dame football season, that being the big pressing issue. Later on, we're going to hit on some news regarding and more so a quote from Brian Kelly's press conference regarding the upcoming matchup against number one ranked Clemson. Before we do, though, folks, I want to share a message from our sponsor, Coors Light. These days, it can be very stressful and, and complicated with everything that is going on, whether it's at work or everything that is going on outside um, with you know the pandemic and everything like that. And so you always need a go-to source to unwind. And I know that when I want to chill, I go and grab a Coors Light. So when it's the weekends and I'm done with my work for the week, doing all the producing and hosting that I do for my various shows, I know that I want to sit down with my buddies, grab a six pack of Coors Light and relax while watching whatever game is on and taking that time to unwind. With minimal college football teams playing this year, College, uh, sorry, Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy a beer. Watching football is therapeutic for fans, and it's uninterrupted me time, an excuse to chill and drink wonderful Coors Light. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team, especially Notre Dame, just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I unwind, and it should be yours too. So when you hit the re- want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Folks, I'd also like to fill you in on Built Bar, which is my go-to source when I need extra protein, whether it's after a workout or I'm running and I don't have enough time to grab a meal. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. And honestly, if I were to pick out just the couple of the ones that I am a huge fan of, caramel brownie and also salted caramel, as well as double chocolate are the big ones that I always go to grab for, despite there being so many amazing flavors. I'm a big caramel and chocolate guy, so I end up going with those particular options. Built Bar is a great is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain while in, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet, especially with those 19 grams of protein and only 180 calories. As a former athlete, I can tell you it is not easy trying to find a good source of quick and easy protein. Now, you obviously want to be able to have those that cooked meat, but you're not always going to be able to get that for every meal or immediately after a workout. And as a former Division I football player and even a current free agent football player, I am going and grabbing Built Bar as my go-to source of extra protein when I need it. Make sure you go get your Built Bars now while you can. And if you do go order online, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last 
Go, you better go order soon. Otherwise, there might not be any more available. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20 percent uh, off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for twenty percent off your order at BuiltBar.com. Ryan, this past week we had a little bit of an early scare. It seems like as we typically do. When Notre Dame plays average to below average opponents that have some strengths on various parts of their roster. So they beat Georgia Tech 31 to 13. But I know for a fact that I was a little bit stressed out at the beginning of this game after that fumble was returned for a touchdown. I was starting to think to myself, great, here, here we go again. This is this might be a, a turning point that makes this game way closer than it probably should be. Yeah, and it, it's really it's really troubling, too, because you just want to see, especially after Clemson beat this Georgia Tech team 73-3 or 73-7, to whatever that final score was a few weeks ago. I didn't expect Notre Dame to handle them quite to that degree, but you want to see against similar opponents a, a statement. I wanted to see them bury Georgia Tech, and while a lot of aspects of what Notre Dame did was very, very nice to see. You know, I'm talking defensively specifically. Defensively, they showed up. They played a great football game. They ran the ball pretty well, you know, despite the fumble by Kyron Williams that you talked about there that swung momentum a little bit there for a second. The the, the tough part and what is worrying me a little bit about after that victory, it's not, you know, 31 to 13 is a, is a solid margin of victory. That's a good victory, continuing the undefeated record. It's that the players that we're depending upon most offensively, because defensively, I think they're fine moving forward. I really do. I think that there is a lot of aspects. They have a playmaker on almost every uh, – actually, they do have a playmaker now on every level of the defense, all three levels. The troubling part is we're depending on so many young players offensively at the skill position players. And talking about Kyron Williams, who might be their best offensive player right now from a skill position perspective – he fumbles the football. We have to be able to depend on those guys, on those young players to make plays against some very good football teams moving forward. And that's the troubling thing coming out of this game is that I like the talent that we have at those positions for the most part. But in the biggest parts of a game, are we going to be able to depend on guys like a sophomore running back, Kyra Williams, like a freshman tight end, Michael Mayer, guys that should not be at the forefront and be dependent upon as being the guys. Can we depend on them on a snap to snap basis to win us a football game? And, and you pointed out where the strengths lie on this Notre Dame roster there. It's exactly what you want with a top 10 ranked college football team. It's something that you, it's not really easy to put together a program that has strengths in these various spots. It's defensively at every single level. And there's a reason why they're currently statistically ranked as one of the best defenses in the country. And then the other big thing is their offensive line. They're graded as the best offensive line per pro football focus as an entire unit in college football. So when you have all that stuff, that's going to keep you in ball games where if those skill position players are making mistakes. But when you have these young guys like Kyron Williams, who is not holding on to the football the way he needs to be, it's detracting from his talent level and his ability to make big plays with that great offensive line in front of him. And it's not even the one fumble that he had that was returned for a touchdown. That's not what stressed me out the most, but all of the instances that him and, and there were some scares from other players as well that some balls could have been recovered by Georgia Tech and they, they were punched out at the very end of plays. Stuff like that can happen against Clemson. 
That is a very good defensive football team, and there's a reason why they're ranked number one in the country and why they're still scary without Trevor Lawrence this game is because of how talented they are. So when you turn the ball over against Clemson, they're 100% going to make you pay. And, and we're coming off a week, too, and talking about you know the, the weaknesses of what Notre Dame is, and, and it was highlighted in this game. The passing attack, and it's not all Ian Book. It really is not. The the inconsistencies from the wide receiver position. We see a guy like Javon McKinley having a nice week, and then all of a sudden he disappears. This game, he had a pretty solid football game. Ben Skoranek had two incredible touchdown catches the week prior, but then he's invisible. I think he might have had two receptions for like less than 10 yards. It, it, it's just he's nowhere to be found. And then, you know, Joe Wilkins, are we depending on him? Brayden Lindsey's been off and off hurt. You know, Kevin Austin's been hurt and, and not been able to hit any rhythm. It's these inconsistencies that we've seen all season from a skill position. I'm talking wide receivers specifically. We're not seeing the contributions to making this a balanced offense, which I think was highlighted against Georgia Tech. They weren't able to really put this team away because they have to be a methodical, run the ball, be, you know, keep the clock moving type of offense. They're not they don't have abilities to stretch the field. They don't aren't don't have the abilities to make explosive plays in the passing game. I think that's really going to limit the effectiveness of them cuz you know obviously we're going to preview Clemson in a few minutes, but when we're going to get to Clemson, Clemson's going to take what you do best and they're going to take it away. And they're going to force you to be uncomfortable and force you to do something that you're not as comfortable doing. So for me it's you know the ability to win first down. And that's not just running the football on first down and setting up second and five, second and fours. That's throwing the ball well on first down, second and twos. That opens up your playbook to the highest degree. You want to throw in a trick play occasionally. You want to run some play action. You want to run, run, throw the ball on second and two because you have a little bit of a waist down. There's so many opportunities that presented to winning on first down I feel like I didn't see it as much in this game. They were playing a little bit behind the chains. And when we go against these teams, Clemson's, the North Carolinas, those teams that can really score, we can't have three and outs. We can't have slow-forming uh, slow drives. We need to be able to consistently move the chains, keep the clock in our favor, and how we're going to do that is we need to win on first down consistently. That's also been a bit of an underrated issue. You, you tend to see a lot of plays so far this season – where it's been a little bit slow going on first down and they have to rely on maybe Ian Book escaping the pocket and picking up a first down on like a third and seven. That's that's stuff that's going to be very difficult against Clemson. Our next show, we're probably going to go really deep on breaking down Clemson as an opponent. So we'll talk about that stuff a little bit more. But I, I will say, Ryan, it, it's good to see that Ben Skoranek is, is coming in and stepping up after missing the first few games of the season. I think that he is going to continue to turn into the number one best receiver in this group. But what's also very promising is that, according to Brian Kelly, as he said in a press conference this week, they are moving uh, Jafar Armstrong, their running back, one of their backup running backs, to wide receiver. So I think that having a, a strong athlete like that and an experienced guy could provide some boost as well to an already struggling receiver group. I know that he's not going to turn into a 10-reception uh, guy a game, Um but at the very least, you're, you're at least adding something new to the mix. It's just changing things up, changing the, the mold of the group. And then stuff like that is enough to invigorate some of the guys that maybe he's going to be getting reps over or are going to be in that group with him because they had to move somebody over to get and go out there and make plays with the wide receiver group. 
Yeah, and Jafar was originally a wide receiver when he first came into Notre Dame, so it's not like the position is foreign to him. I Right now, like, it's all hands on deck in that wide receiver position. Like, coming into the year, I was so excited to see Kevin Austin coming back from his suspension. I was so excited to see Braden Lindsey be able to really build off of what he did in 2019. He showed a lot of flashes as that end-around, deep-threat wide receiver. Like, there's so much talent there. Those guys aren't in the fold right now due to various injuries. And it's a, it's an absolute shame that we now are depending on guys that maybe would have been the depth pieces, would have been guys that you would depend on in certain situations. Now are the guys that need to create explosive plays. And I don't I don't really think that that's what Skoranek, even though he had you know a couple of long touchdown receptions the game before, that's not going to be his bread and butter. He's a big and physical wide receiver that that presents some matchup problems to, to smaller defensive backs, but he's not a guy that's going to push vertically a ton. Javon McKinley is going to win some one-on-ones in the air, but he's not a guy that's going to threaten vertically as well. So I'm looking and, and I'm just wait. I need some playmakers at the wide receiver position. Maybe Jafar gives you a little more more speed to that position that you're lacking right now. And I really want to see Notre Dame be able to use these tight ends a little more going into the next game. They were not featured heavily um, this past week against Georgia Tech, but I need to see these guys really ascend and, and continue to do what they were doing really well. We saw Michael Mayer with a great game a couple weeks ago. I, I need to see him get a little more heavily involved because he's that miss. He's that 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 tough matchup for these um, for some defenses. Because what do you who is who's going to cover that guy? Are we going to put a safety on him full time? Are we going to put a linebacker? Are we going to bring in an extra nickel back and try to you know use use a little bit better of a cover guy? He's the mismatch weapon that we need to see more often until we find consistency in that wide receiver room. And, and we're already moving into the second half of the season. So is that consistency even going to come? It's a tough a talking point for wide receivers. Obviously, I'm hoping that we get a big, un, unexpected, um, you know, uh, really, really performance from those wide receivers that we've been wanting for the last few weeks now. Coming up in a few minutes, you're going to hear quotes from head coach Brian Kelly regarding the state of the program and this week's upcoming opponent, the number one ranked team, Clemson. Folks, just want to provide you with a quick reminder. This is obviously our first episode. If you're enjoying this so far, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with us on our latest episodes as we have episodes coming out for you every single weekday, Monday through Friday, Everything you need to know about Notre Dame. Speaking about everything you need to know, Brian Kelly had some interesting thoughts in a latest press conference uh, this past Monday. We're going to play that audio for you, so take a listen. It's look, this game, it, it, it's it's not the end all for us. I mean, it's just for us, we could win this game, but you you could if you lose to BC, this game doesn't mean anything. I mean, we're still in pursuit of a, a conference championship. So it's about steady play. It's about raising your level of compete on Saturdays, which we're in the process of doing. Um, it's about consistency and performance, what, which we're, we're you know, certainly um, well on our way to checking that box. We've shown an incredible consistency uh, as a football team of winning week in and week out. Um, you know, I mean, look, you're going to get opportunities like this and and you want to win these games there's no doubt but we're we can't be overly emotional about this football game 
and, and lose sight of the fact that we've got five more games to play as well. I mean, there's a lot of football still left out. So we can't empty the tank and say, hey, we beat Clemson. We've arrived. No, we haven't. You know, we, we've got to take this game as an important game. It's the number one team in the country. You better play really well against a really good Clemson football team. Um, and then get ready to move on and play a, a BC team on the road. That's really good, too. So, Brian Kelly, the, the key point here is he talks about how this Clemson team, they can't empty the tank. They, this can't be the end all for the season because they have five more games. And while, Ryan, we, we both understand what he's trying to say, and this is super coach talk, but you can't act like this game isn't important. You can't act like that this game is is has the same level of importance as Boston College. And I know he didn't say that, but he's kind of acting like, oh, if we lose, we still have a shot. I don't think that that's the right approach when you're facing the number one team in the country because right now there's only one number one ranked team in, in America in college football. And if you beat this team, you become that number one ranked team. You're going to get pushed up to that number one spot or at least up to number two. But if you lose, you then find yourself sitting around 10 and then you have to bank on being perfect for the remainder of the year and having to beat Clemson in the uh, the ACC championship game. At the worst, maybe, if, if you win this game and things don't go as you expect in the ACC championship, you can at least still find a way to make an argument that you deserve to be in that top Final Four. But I think that this is a, 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 bit, a bit lame on Coach Kelly's part for saying this. Yeah, and, and I would 100% agree because we've seen from Notre Dame over the last few years, like this team is a 10-plus win team. You know, I'm not really I, – I know that if they lose against Clemson that they're going to come back and they're going to win a few more games because that's what they've done. What's the big crux to Brian Kelly's tenure as the coach? He can't win the big game. Looking back at the Clemson games against Georgia last year, they can't get over the top on those nationally publicized – Huge football games. So I don't care, Brian Kelly, that you think – and I understand it again, like you said, Joe. It's coach talk. He know he, They're, they're going to put all their horses into this race, and they are going to try to beat Clemson. I'm not sitting here and saying that they are going to you know, just kind of look past Clemson and just say, like, oh, let's play a solid football game and make sure that we're healthy moving forward, any of that garbage, right? They're going to try to beat Clemson. But I, I, I would rather him just say, hey, man – we're going to give every Clemson everything we have and then see what happens on the, when we you know move on to the next game. That's what I want to see because this is a big determiner of your season. This is huge right now because you are you're playing a Clemson team that is on the ropes a little bit without Trevor Lawrence. Did they beat Boston College? Did they win in comeback fashion last week? Yeah, they did. And it was it was a nice victory for them, you know, in a comeback fashion, but they are vulnerable. We saw them against Boston College. They they Got things right in the second half, but the momentum, the the just the 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 way that they were playing was not. They didn't look like they were super comfortable in their own skin last week. Notre Dame needs to take advantage of this right now. You want to show that Notre Dame is back? You have to beat the best teams in the country. Who's the best team in the country right now? Literally, the number one football team in the country, Clemson Tigers. You need to take this game, especially playing at home in front of the Notre Dame Stadium. Like, this needs to happen. College game day is in South Bend. There's no more excuses for playing a solid football game, coming off, you know, just on the wrong end of things, and then, you know, ended up with 10 wins. We need to get Notre Dame back to where they are traditionally at. Notre Dame needs to win this full game against Clemson. 
And, and the perfect thing that you pointed out here is how Brian Kelly has has not been consistent in games like this, where where he's had to rally his team and face a, a top five opponent. He he's come up short against teams that he needs to beat to prove that this Notre Dame team deserves to be in the national championship conversation. And the times that he's beaten good programs are usually when those teams have fallen out of the top 10 after suffering a loss to a top-ranked opponent. So he's been able to catch those those programs at, at tough parts in, you know, in their seasons. And the fact that he's not treating this game seriously almost makes me wonder, is this how he's always treated these opponents? Because if he's always coming into these games thinking that you know you can't empty the tank that's a serious problem you need to put everything into this game mentally and physically because if you can't beat this number 1 ranked Clemson team without Trevor Lawrence what are you going to do in 5 weeks or however many weeks it is when they have to play them again in the ACC championship game and they're going to have Trevor Lawrence you need to win this one without them having the best player in college football Brian Kelly also had a, a comment on the state of the program. Take a listen to what he had to say. We're 29-3 and three in our last 32 games. I don't know. We've won 22 consecutive games at home. Um, you know, we've won 12 in a row. I don't know. You, you guys decide. So I thought that was a, a bit of a funny remark that, that Coach Kelly threw in there, pointing out that it seems like we, we still tend to diminish the quality that we've gotten from Notre Dame. They haven't gotten over the hump yet, but the, this this program has done very very well over the past few years. Yeah, and and like we said, they've they've hit a level of consistency 10 plus wins on top of being the same academic institution that they always are. They're going to graduate a high number of of student athletes. Those student athletes are going to be great people after their playing careers are done. They're they're winning football games. There's a lot of good things to really hold on to there. But Brian Kelly, and I'm sorry to anybody that's a big Brian Kelly supporter, and I have my, you know, I go back and forth with it a little bit, but you're at the University of Notre Dame, which has the most national championships of all time. They, they, ha- they did have the most Heisman Trophy winners. I think they may have just been overtaken. They have the second most wins of all time. This isn't just a good program. This is one of the blue bloods of college football. This is one of the elites. This isn't... You know, every once in a while, we're going to show up and we're going to play great football. And hey, oh, wow, now we meet them as a consistent 10 win um, team every single year. This isn't one of those types of programs. This is Notre Dame that has a history. Has And how do you recruit at Notre Dame? We'll talk about this, I'm sure, a lot more in future episodes. But it's the history of the program. The further that we are removed from the golden age of Notre Dame, the harder it's going to be to, to really talk about that tradition and that history of what this program once stood for. We need to get back there, man. We need to win national championships. We need to be in that conversation because that's what Notre Dame has been known for. And I don't want to hear about you know your, your consistency because, yeah, Brian, you have. You've done a great job. You've been a better coach, you know, probably the best coach since Lou Holtz. I mean, when we look at it, I, I mean, I, I would say that's a pretty safe one to say. Obviously, you've done a lot better than Coach Willingham and Coach Weiss and Coach Davey. And you've done an incredible job of, of hitting consistency, winning 10 plus games a year. But this isn't, that isn't the, that's not the ceiling, right? Like, if Notre Dame continues to do what they're doing, that's not going to be good enough. And it shouldn't be good enough because that's what this program stands for. We need to get back to that championship level. I don't like the patting on my patting on the back a little bit. We know you've done a good job, Brian Kelly. We don't you don't need our your satisfaction from us knowing that you did a good job. We all know that you're doing a good job. 
It's now the difference between doing being a good program and doing a good job and being that elite program again. We need to see if you're able to take us there. That's the key thing is right now you're not getting – people aren't giving Brian Kelly flack for – what he's done and that this this program has been consistent and there's been very limited losing records and they've always been strong having a strong record over 500 but the big issue the reason why Brian Kelly continues to be continues to lose credit for his performances every season is because he can't get over the hump and this is perfect timing really can he prove finally when you have a, a number one ranked team that is vulnerable, can you take advantage of that to really cement the legacy of this 2020 Fighting Irish football team's legacy? So that is going to be it for this upcoming uh, for this episode. Next show we'll be having coming out for you on Thursday. We're, we're going to spend a good part of that episode previewing this matchup this weekend against Clemson as this is a huge game this season filling you in on every little piece you need to know about this upcoming opponent make sure folks you follow us uh, and the show on Twitter you can follow me at Joe DeLeon you can follow Ryan at Rise and Draft and then follow the podcast Twitter at Locked on Irish uh, in addition to that subscribe wherever you're listening to us and give us a review give us your thoughts as we are now currently the new show hosts also, if you're looking for something else to listen to, go and check out Locked on Clemson with Brad Sinku. If you want to hear what he's talking about and his views on Notre Dame this upcoming week, make sure you go give that show a listen. See you folks tomorrow and have a great rest of your day.